Hey guys, welcome back to Horror Thoughts. This is Sean, joined as always by Scott. I believe this is our last episode of the year. Yeah. And we are saying hello to the night and talking about The Lost Boys, a 1987 vampire film directed by the late Joel Schumacher, written by Jan Fisher, James Jeremias, and Jeffrey Bohm, based on a story by Fisher and Jeremias, starring Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, and the two Corys. Um, I've seen this movie a lot. Um, this is definitely a movie I grew up with. But Scott, this is your first time seeing it. Correct. Um, is this the first movie that brought the two Corys together? It might be. I think, I think this is what started that, it. Like License to Drive and all those. I think this came up before that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is my first time seeing it. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I've always heard really good things. And mm-hmm. um, not growing up with it, it's kind of 50-50. Because there's some movies I see that I didn't grow up with. Uh, like the Scream series, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I I enjoyed those when I went and rewatched them. Uh, and this one, it just felt like one I had to I had to see as a kid. It was a fine movie. I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not into vampires to begin with, so that's sure. kind of like a rough start. Mm-hmm. And then it's clearly just an '80s horror movie where it's not bad. It's definitely not bad at all. And there's really good points to it. But it's not something that. Uh, I would hype up, but I could see if you were a kid when you saw it, that this movie would be dope. Yeah, no, I love this movie. I think it's so much fun. I probably first saw it maybe in middle, maybe like middle school age. My mom introduced me to it. Like she's like, oh, you should definitely watch this. And I just think it's rad. I really like vampires as we talked about in the horror tier list uh, subgenre thing episode that we did i just think they're really cool and fun and i don't know i think this whole movie's just a blast i love its weird tone i love these weird characters i think Kiefer sutherland is a lot of fun as the lead vampire david uh jason patrick's pretty i don't know why i went to jason patrick because he's just kind of okay <laughs> <laughs> i think i just saw his name in my notes uh, but he's he's uh the older brother uh michael yeah there's there's a lot of funny parts that i liked that um mm-hmm. Kiefer sutherland was amazing as always i love him uh especially at that time period when he was doing that movie and stand by me and things like that mm-hmm. uh so i i liked him i liked all the acting i thought it was all it's a well done movie the way they shot it was kind of cool i don't know how you'd explain it, it was kind of like trippy look it was cool kind of vibe they set up with the amusement park and yeah all that I liked I liked all that. The grandpa was funny. So there's yeah. a lot of good stuff to it that I made it a good movie. But as far as holding a place in my heart or giving sure. me any interest to want to go see the second or third, which had a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like, well, because at least when I watched, I know what you did last summer for the first time. I enjoyed the first one so much. I was like, mm-hmm. the second one's rating is low, but maybe it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. watch it and it's abysmal so i can already imagine if it's at zero to begin with for the sequels to this i'm yeah i can't expect much from well speaking of the settings uh kind of go into that because yeah i like the amusement park i love their lair uh the vampire lair where it's this kind of underground cave and they have an explanation for it like Kiefer sutherland's character explains it and i can't remember what it is but i remember always just liking it 
it was uh, like a banquet hall type place. It was built on a fault line. Yeah. So it collapsed. Mm-hmm. And it's just very cool set design. I love that all the point of view shots, how a lot of stuff is shot from the vampire's point of view. So them like flying through the air and attacking people. All of that is really fun. Um, all I could think you... of, I'm sorry. All I could think of during the, the POV scenes, which I thought were cool, but for whatever reason, all I could think of was Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with the bird and the dad trying <laughs> to hit him with the broom. And I'm like, how funny would it have been if they clipped in like two seconds of <laughs> Nightmare 2 of the dad trying to hit Just it? the dumb little parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um so you're not, you said you're not into vampires. Is there a reason why? Do you just kind of uh, disinterest? I've just, no, I've just never watched them. Like, honestly, as far as horror movie vampires, this might be the first one I've seen that I can think of. Uh, I know I've seen Dracula as like a kid, but not enough to mm-hmm. retain any of it. Nosferatu is a vampire, right? Yes. All right, he's dope. I like Nosferatu. But uh, okay. as far as... Uh, like modern era vampire stuff. I just never, I've never seen them. So I don't really have sure. a place for them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but I just, they haven't crossed my radar. Mm-hmm. Well, this is probably the first proper modern vampire thing. And a big part of that, this movie was conceived as a sort of Peter Pan kind of thing. Hence the title. Uh, where we're supposed to be like young boys, like kids. And then Schumacher, a very gay man, (laughs) um, was like, what if they were hot though? Like what if the vampires (laughs) were hot is basically how this movie comes about. And that's why the vampires are like Kiefer Sutherland and, and you know, and all of that, that these really hip, cool guys. And that's kind of, what we've stuck with as vampire sense is that vampires are very attractive. That's which I I mean, I think it makes sense as part of the mythology that they vampires are supposed, are supposed to be alluring. There's an element of hypnotism to them. It makes sense that they would be really good looking and youthful. That's part of their appeal. Yeah. You would, they would, people wouldn't be drawn to them if they look like fucking troglodytes. Like you need them to look fucking, yeah, if like like Nosferatu is cool. That's a really cool design, but like yeah. this movie wouldn't work with Nosferatu. I, so I don't I don't know all the lore or whatever of vampires, but I feel like there's two different sides in my head. There'd be like the ones in Lost Boys that are the modern hip mm-hmm. or even the fucking Twilight bullshit, whatever, like that style. Sure. And then there's the kind that's the I'm gonna creep over your bed while you sleep and bite you in the neck type of scary. I feel like mm-hmm. there's two different sides. So yeah. I feel like for those, you could have one that's definitely ugly. And mm-hmm. because the fear in that one is they're just coming for your blood. They don't, they're, yeah. they're going to get you when you're asleep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and a big part of the fear of vampires originally, particularly in the original Dracula novel was that it was a mystery, you know, like people, it wasn't common knowledge what a vampire was. Dracula established a lot of that. And so a big chunk of that book is this lady, this woman, Lucy, is losing blood every night. And we keep doing blood transfusions to help her, but it keeps happening every night and we can't explain why. And she's just slowly dying every night. But that's hard to do in a modern context when we're 
even just reading Dracula, like as an audience member, you're like, it's a vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Come on. <laughs> like speed this up. Um, I like, I like this take though. I like the lost boys take on it. Um, it's nothing too crazy. Um, it's all pretty basic in terms of the mythology, you know, stake through the heart, can't go out in the sun, all that kind of stuff. What do you think of the twist? The, the reveal tw- of uh, the proper head vampire. Um, Max. Max. Yeah. I, uh, it made sense once they pointed it out. I was when when they pointed it out the first time and they're at the dinner scene and they were trying to like throw garlic and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like that I, that can't be the end of that character. Like this this wasn't just a setup just for that. But I I, I wasn't a hundred percent on it. Then when he brought up, "Well, you invited me in," I was like, "Ah, shit, they got me." <laughs> That's how. I, as soon as he said it, I'm like, "Damn it, I knew that. I knew that. Son of a bitch." So yeah, the twist I. When it first started to happen, I was like, there's got to be more to this guy. And then whenever he said that line, I was like, ah, they, they duped me. Did you enjoy the gore element? Because once, uh, for those who haven't seen it, which I imagine anyone listening to this has, um, the vampires enter Michael and Sam's house and there's this whole this big battle. And all the vampires sort of go out in different ways, but all of them basically explode. Oh yeah. The gore was, <laughs> was on a different level. I mean, they were, they were going hard in this movie. You're like, cause it, it didn't, there wasn't really much leading up to it. And then once it started creeping in, you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. They saved it all for the end. Yeah. Yeah. They're they like, just... we're going to be a little subtle, but we're going to go all out. <laughs> yeah, they did. Once we get there. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked that They added, you know, like the stake through the heart and all those things or whatever, those little things. Um, so that way it ties in what we know about vampires on top mm-hmm. of their new take. It's not like they try to do like an entire rewrite of what a vampire is. Yeah. They kind of just had, they had enough old elements to tie it together to the new one. So that, that helped it for someone like me who doesn't know shit about vampires sure. or anything like this, you know. That it's simple and accessible and you don't have to like learn a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> that you're not sitting there with like a textbook, like, okay, <laughs> this does this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another big highlight of the movie, I think, is the soundtrack, which is very 80s, oh very God, big, yeah. and yeah. very fun. Yeah. The soundtrack. So I'm not a big, the 80s aren't my thing. I'm a 70s guy. So uh, people who have that 80s nostalgia hit, mm-hmm. I like it, but it, it's never been my thing. So, 80s soundtracks and stuff like that never do do much for me especially what's that fucking guy's name with the damn uh saxophone half naked (laughs) i don't know his name but i love that scene the gay undertones (laughs) as soon as that came on i was like this movie's gay as fuck like (laughs) and the amount of the thing that got me is like there's nothing wrong be straight be gay live your life but the amount of aggro dudes in the crowd watching this half naked oiled up man play the saxophone that were just fucking <laughs> just banging, banging their, their heads. Head. I'm like, what in the fuck is this, dude? To this, this, this 80s synth music with the saxophone on top. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. I love everything about it. Yeah. The, the, so the 80s nostalgia doesn't hit for me uh, as much as it does for everybody else. Whereas the 70s style stuff is more my thing. So the late 80s soundtrack. Yeah. Hit or miss, indifferent, really. 
especially the set the shirtless saxophone it's like oh come on that's the best scene in the movie (laughs) (laughs) just the amount of people that were so revved up for that guy it's like really that many people are that excited (laughs) like you would have thought fucking led zeppelin was playing that goddamn festival how hard they were going and it's like a dude i cannot name shirtless playing a saxophone Oh man, that dude is ripped though. Yeah, he was huge. Like an Arnold body. <laughs> he reminded me of fucking uh I just blanked on his name, Misfits, dude. Oh and, uh the big no, one. I'm out too. Fucking mm-hmm. Doyle von Frankenstein, that fucking mm. guy. Which for whatever reason I know his name. Uh yeah, huh. he's that's that's all I could think of. Is like if you just took the makeup off his face and gave him a saxophone, they look identical. They're both huge, oiled up. He actually reminds me of uh, Kane Roberts, who was Alice Cooper's guitar player in the 80s. And he was like a huge muscle bound dude too. switch out the guitar with a saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Got oiled up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what did you think of just Robert Stallman's soundtrack? Sort of the main theme of the movie musically. And it's in the sequels as well, though it's covers uh, is Cry Little Sister. Did you, what did you think of that song? Right. Which one is which one was that? Um, it's the one with kind of like the choiry kind of thing, like that. Oh yeah, not. yeah, yeah. That was pretty interesting. I I didn't mind. I wouldn't download it on my phone or nothing. But as far sure. as the movie aesthetic wise, I thought it was really cool for the movie. Yeah. Is that so? Is that like an actual song by somebody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's called "Cry Little Sister." Oh, I thought it was just like an ambience thing that they were doing. I didn't know it was a song. No, yeah. I liked it. Actual song. It fit. It fit the movie well. They sure. use they kind of use bits and pieces of it. So the choir bit is used, like you were saying, for kind of this, for kind of film score. But then I think it's during the sex scene that mm. they play the song like proper. Um. So the opening, this is kind of random, but I thought the opening credit shot was kind of cool with that, with that song. Just kind of uh, people, people are strange. Yeah. yeah. The people are strange. I thought that song fit this movie super well. I will mm-hmm. say the camera needed to calm down spinning in circles because I was <laughs> thick as hell watch this movie. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to vomit before this thing even starts. But the people are strange. After watching it all day yesterday, I'd just be sitting on my couch just like singing that song. <laughs> God damn it. It's in my head. Yeah, it's a good song. It's and there a great couple song. Of, there are a couple of covers on the soundtrack. People are strange being one. I think that was originally a Doors song. Yeah. And yeah. then there's an Elton John cover, uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Beautiful uh, song. The, yeah, the cover's by Roger Daltrey. I don't think it's in the movie anywhere, but it's on the soundtrack. So I always shout that out. They should have put that in the movie. That's a good song. Yeah. And his cover's really good. Like, that's probably my favorite version of it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other things I thought. Uh, Corey Feldman's ridiculous voice made me annoyed the whole movie. Why it's talking really like good. This? You didn't watch the sequels. Why is he talking like this? I'm like, what are He's you doing? He's talking like this. A fierce like- vampire hunter. God, his voice was so low. And I'm like, dude, you're like 16. Stop. Like, just talk normal, bro. <laughs> you just make me think of like a like a middle school kid trying to feel like he's older or something. Just I feel like that's kind of the point. Yeah. Though, but that I, character is that he's cool. He's yeah. not as cool as he thinks he is. Yeah. And I, I got it. But as the movie went on, when he talked. It's a little like, annoying. The Frog Brothers, um, who are these kind of local wannabe vampire hunters, are, have always kind of been my least favorite part. Like, I don't hate them or anything yeah. but i've always kind of been like eh, okay shut up yeah they less of them would have been yeah fine with me <laughs> uh, is there anything else 
You want to go over with this first movie? Mm. No, I like I said, it was a good watch. Um, it's something I would I wouldn't put on out of my own way, but if it was on, I could watch it. Hmm. And I, I really do see how if you grew up watching that movie, how you'd love it just because the style is so different. Um, but for this is one that doesn't hold as well for a 25 year old watching hmm. it the first time as I think something like Scream does or sure stuff like that. Uh, that and it might help being more into vampires. Yeah, I'm sure that helps too. Um, and visuals, 80s. And this, 80s. Movie, this is a very this is a movie that is like in a lot of ways not your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not into vampires. I'm not into the 80s really. Like 80s movies are cool, but the actual 80s culture. Um, I'm a. I like the 70s and and that stuff. Sure. Which is, yeah. Which is kind of weird. I was thinking about this the other day. The 80s, when you watch an 80s movie, right? Mm-hmm. It it fucking kills you with 80s. You're like, yeah. it's 100% 80s. Mm-hmm. When you watch a 90s movie, it kills you. You're like, this is 100% late 90s. Like, yeah. there's no doubt. From there on, from the 80s on back, like mid to late 80s on back, movies didn't really seem to date themselves. Like, obviously, you have the backdrop of the 70s or the 60s mm-hmm. or whatever, but they're not I don't, they just don't seem as in your face egregious when you go back and rewatch sure. them you know there's some stuff where i can be like i would say the 60s is definitely one that's very easily dated yeah like yeah. the 60s is the very 60s. like aggressively like we are the 60s peace and love and yeah. you know all of that kind of stuff but i would agree with the 70s yeah there's nothing no film in the seventies that's dated to the seventies, but like, yeah, it as yeah. a whole. Yeah. It's, it's cause you think about, I was thinking and just going through all the movies. I'm like, uh, like the big movies, I'm like the exorcist, not mm-hmm. really Texas chainsaw. Not really. You can get mm-hmm. out of horror and be like, okay. Uh, outlaw Josie Wales, Western different time period. You got dirty Harry. Doesn't Star really Wars. Star, like they, for whatever reason in that, gap of time it's like they they almost didn't make stuff that was in their feeding to their time window and i'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of that had to do with mtv in the 80s where it yeah. was accessible all the time and so they really pandered to that but that's one thing i thought about during that movie is like you don't see movies there was like a decade of time where movies didn't really just dive headfirst into the time period like the late 80s did i think some of that might be even just music where in the 80s not that earlier films didn't do this but in the 80s having a soundtrack with hit songs and not just a film score became much more of a thing you needed to have a single that music video would be on mtv to promote your movie and so that became part of the culture as well i mean just to speak to what you are i think even just a great example in the same series would be nightmare on elm street if you look at the first nightmare on elm street and compare it to nightmare on elm street 4 yeah where the original nightmare like it's 80s just because it was made in the 80s and it's very natural whereas four is very much like we are trying to be the 80s and to be very of the time and hip yeah like you can see in the 80s how you know in 86 they're pandering to 16 17 18 year old kids then in the late 90s with the way that they're all those style it's going towards those kids of already knowing Mm -hmm. what horror movies are about but you look at the first Halloween. It's like everyone, the clothes in the cars might be a little different, but mm-hmm. everyone's a high school kid. Everyone knows a babysitter. 
Yeah. Same thing with Friday the 13th. Everyone's gone to camp. Everyone's been in the woods, whatever. It doesn't date it as much as it as much as it does later. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with like MTV and stuff like that. Well, and sometimes just premises are great because they feel so current yeah. and dealing with something, but then become very, very dated very, very quickly. You know, like the ring, you know, yeah. the videotape was a great idea in 2000. Yeah. In 2021, it's like, oh, well, I don't use that anymore. So yeah, that character is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's, you don't, you don't see that many things before like the mid to late eighties that, hard date themselves the late 60s sure. just because it's all on vietnam peace love mm-hmm. whatever kind of stuff just the culture the colors yeah fashion yeah. it's just interesting why and then i started thinking deeper i'm like so you had all this crazy stuff with vietnam and the peace love and hippies and all that whereas in the 70s i bet it was just like a counterculture to the counterculture where they're like fuck all this colorful crazy war sh- we're just we're gonna make mm-hmm. movies and we're gonna make what we want to make and they're all kind of depressing and dark and deep. The seventies was a pretty dark time and a sort of wave of grittier filmmaking yeah. came into it because people were very bitter about Vietnam and everything that had gone on. And people were, I think people were coming at films from a darker place and yeah. star Wars was the thing that got us out of that. And part of what made star Wars such a big hit is people were aching for escapism for something yeah. that was simple and fun and sweet and not this sort of dark, heavy shit. Because the 70s is cynical. Yeah, it's like, very dark. Yeah. Like the, the, the calmest thing you'll get is like Smokey and the Bandit or something. <laughs> like, yeah, when they get when the 70s gets dark or has a thriller or a drama, it's, it's dark. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. The 80s were a lot more positive. Sorry, that was a big tangent. No. I was just thought about it when I was watching the movie. Well, if you don't have anything uh, else on the first movie, I can go into the completely terrible sequels. Let's hear it. That I watched by myself. That's okay. I watched, I wrapped Christmas presents during it. It's okay. I was multitasking. Um, so in 2008, we got a direct-to-video sequel called Lost Boys the tribe directed by pj pesh and written by hans rodianoff were you looking forward to so had you seen the original before this one came out um honestly hard to remember but i bet this is why my mom would have maybe encouraged me to see the first one is maybe she saw something about a second one um the second one was already out i think by the time i saw the first one were you lo- you were looking forward to it when you I don't think so. I think it's just something I came across like, oh, there's a second one out mm. now. I don't think it's a thing I would have had anticipation for. Uh, if that makes sense. It's just something I sort of watched because it was online yeah. too. Like I didn't, I didn't have to find it. Would it have been Netflix? I can't remember. It's always a good sign. Honestly. <laughs> um, so to give background on this script, because it's awful, um, Joel Schumacher, the original director, he his idea for a sequel would have been The Lost Girls. Would have been to turn it around and make a make it about a group of female vampires, which I think could have worked. Um, what they did instead was that Rodney Anoff, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't care, hack. Um, he had written a script about a group of surfing werewolves called The Tribe. 
and Warner Brothers got it and rejected it because they were like, wow, this is a lot like the Lost Boys. So we're just not going to make that. And then when they were coming up with ideas for Lost Boys 2, they were like, well, wait, we have this dumb werewolf thing. So cross out werewolves. They're vampires now. Lost Boys 2. And that's where the Twilight drama starts. (laughs) Some vampires. Yeah. um, Story-wise, it is basically the same story as the first movie. Uh, A pair of siblings come to this small town. Their parents are dead. And it is heavily implied that their parents are Michael and Star from the first movie. Though three later retcons that, so Michael and Star are not dead. Uh, Mm. These new characters in two just happen to have the same last name. Um, Their names are Chris and Nicole, I think. And it's basically the same thing. There's a group of vampires that are also surfers. Um, and they want Chris and Nicole to be part of their gang. So it's it's the same kind. It's the exact same plot. I guess they only surf at night, huh? Guess so. You know what it is? You know what it is? This writer wasn't ripping off Lost Boys. You know what it is? He fucking watched Point Break with Keanu Reeves. And he went, oh, what if Patrick Swayze was a werewolf? Because that's kind of what this is. It is Point Break with vampires. And it's very bad. And the thing that becomes apparent real quick is the acting is atrocious. Like it is awful. The lead vampire, Shane, is played by Kiefer Sutherland's half-brother. Nice. Who they clearly only went to for that stunt casting. He's abysmal. So he has half the talent? (laughs) Oh, dude. That's being generous. <laughs> he kind of just spends the whole movie talking like this. Carpe diem. And it's it's the worst performance. And no one is that much better. It's pretty insufferable. Anytime anyone talks, the dialogue is really bad. It's all very exposition heavy and just awkward. And things no one would say. It's all very weird. The vampires are nothing like the vampires in the first. They feel completely differently. They act completely differently. Like it doesn't even feel like the same thing. Um, If I have to give it any compliments, which I don't want to, there's the theme it's kind of sort of maybe going for is this desire for family where Chris and Nicole obviously are orphans. And the vampires can sort of represent a new family, a family where they don't have to deal with death or things like that. But the movie doesn't do anything with it. It's just sort of like, well, that's kind of there. The only returning character from the first movie is Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog, kind of just being the same. Like, um, he's he owns some kind of surfer-related shop instead of a comic book store. And Chris sort of comes to him when Nicole is turned into a half vampire. And again, it's the same thing where Feldman helps him stop the vampires. I will say Feldman is probably the best actor of the movie. He's still doing his dumb Batman thing of like, oh, I'm a serious vampire hunter. But the movie, I'm curious if they got a new writer in to add Feldman scenes into the movie. 
um, because his scenes are a little funnier than anything else in the movie. His scenes have a bit more of a self-aware tone that I wouldn't say it works, but it's the only time the movie isn't aggressively terrible. So, yeah, The Tribe is probably, I mean, honestly, I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, I think it's the worst movie we've talked about on worse, this podcast. Worse than I will always know what you did last summer. Yes. Um, I'll always know what you did last summer is dumb as a rock, but mostly kind of boring. And my dislike of it is very passive. Of like, well, that's a really stupid, bad movie, but I'm, it's mostly out of like boredom and disinterest. This, I think, is really aggressive. I think this is, like, aggressively a bad movie. Like, and it kind of drives me insane because of how bad the dialogue and the acting is and just how unimaginative the whole project is. And I, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Weirdly, and I think this speaks to how popular that first movie really is, this was actually a big, big hit the tribe like box like, office it, it wasn't theatrical it was a direct-to-video but it set some kind of record for direct-to-video films like it did shockingly well like i was reading about it on wikipedia like it sold a, they sold a lot of dvds there are a lot of people that own lost boys the tribe <laughs> and you're not one of them i take it no i own it on blu-ray because that stupid horror pack crap or they sent it to me that's why i unsubscribed because they sent me that and i was so offended that i unsubscribed i almost subscribed to that <laughs> good to know i was so upset um but because it made so much money they were like let's do a third one and so in 2010 we got lost boys the thirst directed by dario piana written by Evan Charnov and Hans Rodionov. Three is a lot better than two. Like I would say it's a million times better than two, but a million times zero is still zero. <laughs> um, but again, more like I'll always know what you did last summer in that it's more just sort of passively bad and that it's just kind of there and existing. The acting's, the acting's serviceable. It's better. It is entirely about Edgar, uh, the Corey Feldman character. Like it is his movie. His brother is back. They actually sort of reference the first movie. It feels like a sequel to Lost Boys, whereas two doesn't. Two feels like a rehash. Three is a three is a proper sequel. The story moves forward. Um, there was a post-credit scene in two where you found out the other Corey, uh, Corey Haynes character, Sam, had become a vampire. And in between movies, Corey Haim died. And so there's a lot in three about kind of in memorial for Corey Haim. And some of that stuff is sweet. They reference that Batman comic that they talk about in the first movie. And Corey Feldman like puts it on his grave. Some of that stuff is sweet. Um, the, the other frog brother, the not Corey Feldman one, he is also a vampire. Now that's kind of part of the story. Basic plot is there's a group of vampires that have turned vampire blood into a drug at raves. Shit. And so they are using raves to create an army of vampire hunters. And Edgar is hired by a pair, a very thinly veiled parody of the twilight author, 
to stop the vampires because they have supposedly kidnapped her brother. And so he, like a team gets put together to go stop the evil vampire raves. Um, and I'll just say the anti-Twilight stuff is weird. And there's also some anti-reality show stuff in the movie. And Very like, dated. Dated, yes. But also like, I don't really like Twilight. I don't like reality shows. You're yeah. Lost Boys 3. Maybe like calm down about throwing so much shade at other <laughs> stuff. Like maybe get your own shit together and then you can make fun of Twilight. It's like a Cita Chucky Britney Spears combo. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like your Lost Boys the Thirst. Like Twilight's making billions at the box office. You yeah. probably sold five copies. Shut up. Yeah. You only, got, you only sold the people who subscribed to Blu-ray horror packs that gets <laughs> into their house. Um, the only other thing I'll say, because these movies just bum me out. Um, the weirdest part about both Lost Boys 2 and 3 is there is a lot, like a lot of female nudity. And I'm not going to be like a purist, like, uh, boobs, offended. Yeah. Like, I like boobs. Boobs are nice. I get it, but and maybe it's just because the first one is so gay that two and three being so straight. And so just like, look, boobs, boobs, boobs. It's like, this isn't Lost Boys. Like maybe that's the issue, but it kept bothering me every time a chick got naked. I was like, really? You We're wanted more shirtless again? dude playing I wanted saxophone. more shirtless saxophone scenes. That's Lost Boys. <laughs> that's what I want, damn it. <laughs> but I don't know, it felt, they feel really gratuitous and cheap and basic and like, also really judgmental like it's when people complain about sexuality in horror movies like this is kind of what they're talking about where anybody that does get naked is a super tramp that deserves death and i don't know a lot of it was just making me uncomfortable just because it was a lot like there's a whole girls gone wild sequence in two where the vampire one of the vampires has a camcorder and they're just like, oh, dude, make out, take off your shirt. And they're like doing it while filming. And it's like, why is this here? <laughs> like, I get it. Boobs. Like, they're nice. Awesome. Can we move along? Yeah. I didn't miss much. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got. <laughs> just <to> end. <laughs> On boobs. That's where it has to end. Yeah, it's where it ends on unnecessary female nudity and the offensive lack of shirtless saxophone players. <laughs> you don't need to start a fucking GoFundMe to make a fourth one that's like bring back the sax and you just We're getting a TV show. No shit. CW. All right. Man, they Yay. used to have one tree hill. Yep. I don't know what they've had since then. Um, Dawson's Creek. Vampire Diaries. Supernatural. Uh, all the superhero stuff. So like Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl. So Lost Boys is right up their alley. It's going to be great. Yeah. It'll be- it'll be. It'll probably be similar to The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> like I'll imagine it'll be The Vampire Diaries, but hopefully gayer. Hopefully. Vampire gay. Diaries. Like, I don't know. Like I just feel like it should be gay. That's just something about it i can't explain <laughs> like it'd be weird like if you went to go see a new friday the 13th and there were just dicks everywhere i mean be like something ain't to... right here <laughs> I mean, yeah 
That'd be odd. Just a bunch of dicks like, this is a weird change of pace. <laughs> but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> there's got to be a Friday the 13th porn parody out there somewhere. That's all I could think about. I was like, there's got, you know what? We're going to find out. Hold on. <laughs> this is audience. You're about to get a, uh, a great fact found out. There's got to be one dude. Cause I saw one dude with uh, dildos as finger knives for Freddie once. Oh yeah. I've seen that for sure. So there's got to be damn. Also Akira's in it. They got high dollar. Yep, they legit have a Friday the 13th porn parody. They have one for Saw. Is it just called Friday the 13th, a triple X parody? It's called Official Friday the 13th Porn Parody. I hate that shit. Come, come up with the okay, name. So it's funny to do the, the puns. So uh, someone uploaded the entire Friday the 13th remake on here. So if you want to check that out, guys, y'all can go to what website is this? X videos, if you don't feel like renting... Uh, Friday the 13th, 2009. They have a Saw porn parody. All right. Uh, they have one. I swear to God, I'm reading it right now. It's got 3 million views, which is disheartening. It's called <laughs> The Ku Klux Klan, The Parody. Oh. It is, it is an hour 20 porn. Oh. Uh, a wet that's dream okay. on A wet dream on Elm Street. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's a pun. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs. Hour no. and 40 minute porn, Silence of the Lambs. Um, what? Uh, back in Time, that's uh, Back to the Future one. Oh, that's lazy. Uh, this one's just called Sex Trek Complete. That's funny. That's lazy. I don't um, care about porn, but I'm very judgmental about porn names. One, they have one making fun of Cloverfield called Cleavage Field. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Damn it. Now I want to watch these just to get the plot. Sorry. Well, listeners, now y'all know uh, there's a lot of people listening. They're going to be like, it's fucking ridiculous. But there's going to be one person out there that's like, I kind of want to go see it. <laughs> so you're I welcome. Tried. Sorry. I think I tried watching a, a Scream porn parody once. <laughs> just because just being a Scream fan, I was like, eh, sure. Like not even for like porn reasons, just yeah, for Scream yeah, reasons. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, I ain't judging. <laughs> and I just remember being really confused. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember anything about it. I remember just being confused. I remember seeing uh, a Scooby-Doo one. I was like, this is odd. <laughs> this is odd. Kids characters ones are odd. Yeah. Like, like Maybe let's not do the cartoon. <laughs> I mean, I do got to go see what Cleavage Field is all about. It's all found footage, <laughs> fucking porn. They're running and shit. <laughs> Wonder what's going to be uh, going on with that one. Uh, let us know if you watched them, guys. Hit us up. Let us <laughs> or know. don't <laughs> or just don't keep that to yourself no nah, no nah, email it with pictures of you shirtless playing saxophone and uh <laughs> we will we will uh shout you out oh, next episode i'm sure that's a whole subgenre of youtube is shirtless saxophone players <laughs> i'm sure that's a thing <laughs> just people covering that song <laughs> just shirtless as shit uh shirtless saxophone uh, it's the song's called i still believe I'm just Googling shirtless saxophone to see what I get here. Oh, damn. There's him at 50. Wow. That dude shredded still. Yep. Just a bunch of videos of him. Just gay banging a sax. Just doing his thing. Yeah. There's a lot of him. Apparently this is his thing. There's an Asian fellow with a mullet doing it. Oh, cool. 
And they have a sexy sax man costume. Dude, you could be him for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) All oiled up and everything, bro. (laughs) Just got to get a sax. It comes with the fake sax. Oh, no, you got to get a real sax. You're going to go pay top dollar to get a real sax. (laughs) No poser stuff. I learned the saxophone, but only that song. (laughs) Right? Someone else is like, play, play, what was his name? Fucking uh, Kenny G. And you're like, yeah, I can't. Careless whisper, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, but I can play this one. But I can play this song from the Lost Boys. You're like the fucking band from Star Wars. <laughs> the, the Cantina band. It's the just same the one song. Thing. Play the same song. You got it. <laughs> same song. Here we go. <laughs> oh shit! The end of this episode got out of hand, but I'm having a good time with it. So. <laughs> Well, good, because if we hadn't, it would have ended on a real downer note of me just being mad <laughs> that I watched those two movies again. Yeah. You asked if I was anticipating. I was looking forward to three, even though I hated two. Like, I remember three coming out and being excited about it and disappointed. Honestly, I didn't hate three at the time because I was like 13. And so all like the anti-Twilight stuff, I was like, yeah, fuck Twilight because I was edgy yeah. and 13. <laughs> yeah. But it has not aged very well. I didn't even lo- I didn't love it then, but there was some stuff where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it's better than two. So. Hmm. But no, very bad. <laughs> I will not be checking them out. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's all well, I got on them. So, yep. Well, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, <laughs> be sure to, you know, give us a follow. Uh, whichever platform you use, let us know your thoughts on these movies. If you've seen them, uh, any other movies you want us to cover, dirty vampire movies or other vampire movies you want to make. Uh, Scott watch and suggest <laughs> those um, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Sean Blumenshine and Scott at partial artist. Thank you. And we'll see you in the new year. <laughs>